Hey Blair, we have a new distillery in town. We do. I'm so excited. It would have been open already if it wasn't for this stupid coronavirus. Well, the distillery is open, but they were also going to open a bar. Yeah. That didn't happen yet. Yeah. But we're very happy that they took the time out to meet with us. So uh, let's get into it. Yeah. Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. So welcome to the show, Joe and Akil, the founders of Echo Spirits Distilling Company, and bar manager Derek Reno, who you may remember from previous podcasts. He told us about the sex story, if you want to go back in time and, and re-listen to that. But I guess guys, it got brought up again. Guys, thanks for doing our podcast. Welcome. We you're super busy. Thank you. Of course. Thank, Thank you guys you. for having us. Um, so I have a lot of questions for you tonight. We have so much to talk about, but I just want to start with um, your corporate philosophy. So based on what I read about you, you want to take us back to a time when personal relationships with your customers were the norm. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. So just kind of as we went about our daily lives, you know, we I worked in IT, um, Nikhil's an engineer. Um, we, we kind of noticed, you know, for being tech geeks like that, we kind of both noticed that everything was becoming hands off. You go to the checkout lane now and you do your own check out you're not interacting with a person sometimes there's merits to that and you go to the big box hardware store and you go to the big box you know all-purpose you know target or walmart or something like that and something's getting lost um we're missing out on the relationships and the people um and, and knowing who the person is who owns the business that you're going to mm -hmm. you know there used to be a time when you you know you went to the small hardware store and you knew the guy who owned it and you went to a baker, you know, mm -hmm. and, and a butcher, you know, mm -hmm. separate businesses, not the supermarket. Um, and not that there's not merits in some of those big things all being in the same place. But you, at the same time, we seem to be going with big chains and losing connections to people. Um, and to, and a lot of it is also to money coming back into your own economy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's smart for, for many reasons. Um, for all the reasons that you just mentioned, but also everybody loves to be known by mm -hmm. people. Like everybody loves to like, when you walk into a bar, you're like the norm, norm, mm -hmm. or, you know, Leanne, Blair, everybody loves that. So to go right. into a distillery and you know these people because you, that's just gonna make people want to come back. I just think that's a very smart mm -hmm. approach. And I wanna quote something from your website. Um, you said the people of central Ohio are creative, intelligent, and energetic. We are nothing if not an echo of our community. And we strive to give back and improve that which surround us, that surrounds us. Um, I would add to that, that the people of Columbus are also charitable and caring. Mm -hmm. And you also echo that. Um, and you, you showed that in your, uh, stay at home cocktail club that you did mm -hmm. during the COVID shutdown which I don't know if you Thanks realize, <laughs> I don't know if you realize the, um, the impact that yeah. that had, like the effect that that had getting those bartenders who were out of work and probably mm -hmm. scared shitless mm -hmm. back into their element. Did you think about that at all or why, what made you want to do that? 
kind of didn't really dawn on us till probably after you know the the, the first, first week one, yeah. we were in yeah. there and we had Christina in there and to her it especially been a little while since she'd been behind the stick anyway um but she just said it was so much fun to just get back there and do mm-hmm. it again and you know Jesse echoed it the same you know the same thing the following week and we just kept hearing that mm-hmm. uh, and no I don't right. think it was something we anticipated you know it was something to um you know get get those people out and active and doing their thing again and maybe you know create something for the community that they could you know watch at home along with us and kind of uh enjoy the process but i think the um you know that that secondary benefit of um having all those bartenders you know have something fun to do mm-hmm. for once where maybe they weren't stressed about everything that was going on just for a couple of days and then that also gave your bar manager Derek Reno something to do, right? Mm-hmm. It did. <laughs> it, it honestly, yeah, I would uh, second that sentiment and go further and say, I honestly, I've said it before. I think it's, I think it's the most, it's the most proud thing that I've ever done, in, in the facility of being a bartender. Uh, the second week, I believe, with Jesse, you know, we were able to share their Venmos and get a little bit of love from home. We just thought it'd be a small amount and people like the everyone responded like they all they all left mm-hmm. like they left on a friday or saturday night from a bar shift typically and that that in addition to just being creative reward and getting to come out and connect with everyone which i, I was just so i was so caught up with what they're doing for us and the benefit we're getting from them mm-hmm. being there and just making sure it was fun and facilitated well and in a good time that mm-hmm. i didn't even real i didn't even think about the fact that they would also get a reward from it and mm-hmm. i would say that everyone that's awesome seemed, everyone seemed to have left pretty happy mm-hmm. so Let's talk about how how did Echo Spirits come come about? Yeah, me and Joe have uh, known each other since high school. Um, you know, we went to we went to college at separate places. I went to Cincinnati. Uh, Joe went to OSU. And basically, you know, whenever we came back, whenever we would go out drinking after, you know, we got used to drinking good beer, and you know, we started to say, hey, how do we get you know good beer on the regular and still save some money because you know, we're just out of college and we didn't even have jobs or, you know, so we decided to start homebrewing and, uh, you know, started, we were homebrewing. Uh, Joe started actually a little before I did. And then when I got back from Cincinnati, he was, uh, he was in the thick of it. And I was like, I, this, this was so much fun. Let's, let's try doing this, get some good beer out of it and, you know, save some money too. And as we went along, you know, as homebrewers, a lot of people, a lot of homebrewers are either looking at distilling or opening their own bar. So we kind of went through both phases <laughs> a little bit. We, uh, you know, we did a little bit of experimenting with distilling, but we're like, we want to open up a brewery in a bar. So we looked into that. And at that point we had like, you know, seven uh, breweries. Too, way too many. Yeah, way too many breweries, right? <laughs> there's there's no way there could be more than that. No so we're like, let's look at the next thing. Um, there are know. never too many. Are well, there we know that now. We know that now. We know that now. There are never too many breweries. No, there's definitely never. I mean, for us, we would have thought that too, but you know, it just didn't seem like it was going to take off like no, crazy. No, I know what you mean. Then. Yeah. Man, it's like what we have 45 now here in Columbus. Something yeah, like it's like pizza places. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. there, there can't be one more pizza place in town, right. but then one opens and it's busy. Mm-hmm. It's like tacos. Yeah, tacos. There are some things you just can't have too many of. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. um, Yeah, so basically we, you know, we experimented a little bit distilling. We looked at what the next big wave besides after beer would be. And uh, like on the West Coast, it was distilling. It was a lot of of craft distilleries. Uh, You know, they came out right after the craft brewing. 
So it was like the next wave of, of stuff to uh, in the same field, basically. Mm-hmm. And what so, year was this? This was like this is probably 2014 at this yeah. point. Okay. So still quite a long time ago. We're mm-hmm. slow <laughs> at things. <laughs> but yeah, so we uh, we both they decided to make quite a bit during that era, though. Obviously, I didn't know them, but it was like every <laughs> month or so they come in with a new bottle of some distilled spirit or something that they've made in the past, and we get to taste them. Found, so. found this in and the they basement. Let's let's check it out. Oh yeah, I That's mean right. we're we're both sing- we were both single at the time, mm-hmm. and we were both you know just out of college and kind of had jobs, and we were you know we didn't have anything else to do, bachelor. So we we made a lot of different things. You know, we tried. I think we tried basically every major type. You know, all different wines. We did a lot of mead, beer, wine, mead, sake, uh, sake. Yeah, <laughs> all sorts of different stuff. Interesting. The fermentation sciences. Yeah, exactly. So how did you learn how to distill? Uh, Illegally. By attempting to not blow ourselves up <laughs> in my garage. So you, Nikhil, you mentioned you're an engineer. Mm-hmm. And then what did Joe, what's your background? I was, I was in IT. Okay. So then you guys just decided you were going to distill your own spirits. And mm-hmm. so how did you learn? You So you literally just like. It was a lot of reading. I mean, luckily we had the home brewing background and I think a lot of people, if you go on the internet and kind of research, a lot of people try to make that jump from doing nothing to distilling and they're missing that the most, one of the most impactful things to the flavor of your final product is that whole, is the fermentation, that whole first part of it. It's kind mm-hmm. of important. Um, so luckily we had a pretty good background in all of that. Um, and for a home brewer to step into distilling, it's not that much, you know, work you're kind of used to figuring stuff out on your own a little bit, just a lot of reading on the internet, reading as many books as we could get our hands on, Mm -hmm. going on distillery tours and asking questions and trying to not sound sneaky because we thought we were (laughs) going to get caught. You know, you're trying to, if you were to, you know, do this on a small scale, how much yeast would you maybe use? You know, that kind of thing. But did you find that now that you're a distiller, the distillers are kind of a brotherhood that would have shared that information with you? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. there is. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the community around here has been great. Um, I mean, obviously we made our rye whiskey, which I think we'll get into later. Um, we made that over at Middle West because we know the guys. I went over to Watershed um, a couple weeks ago because our reverse osmosis machine was broken. I was like, hey, Greg, I need like 20 gallons of water. Can I have Can I have some water? Um, the first day we turned our still on, Tony from Noble Cut, um, you know, he took the day off and came over to distill with us because his equipment is so similar. Just to hang out, work us, you know, walk us through the process. And then the first day we did our mash, he took the day off and he brought one of his employees over to help. And they were, you know, hauling awesome. grain and mm-hmm. dumping bags in with us. You know, they're not just standing there watching and saying, doing this, you know, they're getting in there. That's the kind of community it is. Yeah, that's I mean, very like, cool. Yeah. Chad from 451's been over a, a bunch of times, helped oh, us with a bunch of things. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he, we're actually using his first barrel to age one of our experimental, our experimental products. products. So like, yeah. yeah, we like a lot of collaboration and then everybody's been super nice. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. so cool. Like a brotherhood basically, yeah. So your your first product was your rum, mm-hmm. uh, which was delicious. Uh, so we we were doing a cocktail class. We were going down to my hometown to visit my sister. Mm-hmm. We we're going to do a Zoom cocktail class. We were mm-hmm. going to do a uh, Hemingway cocktail. So we decided to stop, and that's when we came in and, and bought the bottle of rum. And it's an unaged rum, mm-hmm. um, and it is so good. I was really blown away. So, it, it, it's sweet, it's smooth, 
and it has just a little bit of that rum funk mm-hmm. that that you expect. In but a good it way. is that yeah. was in a good spot way. on. Yeah. So <laughs> why why call. rum instead of like vodka? I think when we were, when we were kind of looking out to figure out what we wanted to make. I think at the time we didn't have the passion for rum that we do now. A lot of it was, to be honest, kind of a business decision. You looked at the landscape of the other local distilleries around town and, you know, Ohio is a mm-hmm. grain based, you know, agricultural, you know, area. What's everybody making? Vodka, gin, you know, wheat, whiskey, things like that. Things mm-hmm. based on grain. We said, nobody's making rum. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, we were kind of looking, what's the biggest category out there that nobody in central Ohio is touching. And at the time, um, because when we started this watershed and Middle West were the only two around 451 didn't, you know, wasn't around, didn't have their rum. Mm-hmm. High bank didn't have their rum. Um, uh, we kind of looked, you know, just looked out and said, that's what's, yeah. that's the big one that we should go for. And in, in the process of, doing the research and meeting up with, um, you know, people like Chad White from the Ohio Rum Society and those guys, just finding the passion that people had for rum and mm-hmm. kind of getting into it ourselves and discovering there's so much out there mm-hmm. that it wasn't just that white spirit that we need to make a business decision on, that this is actually something really cool that we're passionate about. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And so I I read on your website, I did mm-hmm. not know this, you also make Jennifer. Not yet. Coming. So you're going to make coming Jennifer. this fall. So, um, what we've been working on. Oh, so that's go, kind of our. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah. you'll love this. Um, so Geneva, it's kind of our passion. Oh, we call it Geneva. I think you can pronounce it either way. It comes from an area in Europe where there's about a dozen different languages and dozen different ways to pronounce things. So okay, we go with Geneva. I don't okay. think yeah, any I way is wrong. I looked it up. You can find there are four. There are four different little things on there that pronounced it there's even one where the j is silent so they're all correct oh yeah G. yeah yeah we've been corrected a couple times and i'm like eh, I don't so think that's i'm right. like hold on let me send you this article <laughs> 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 um but geneva that was kind of a, a passion product of ours we were we were Nikhil and i were over in um europe um going to going to oktoberfest and then all of these subsequent activities around western europe uh in 2013 my at the time my cousin was stationed in the air force over there um, we stopped by his place and we were going to, uh, Ghent in Belgium next, the next day. And he said, well, Hey, you should go. There's this, there's this, it's kind of gin, but it's kind of not gin. There's this bar and the guy who owns the place has his face painted over the wall, but there's no sign. You just have to know you'd wander down this alley and you wander in. We're like, this, this is too crazy to be true. Let's, let's go check it out. So when we you can't not do that, you can't not do that. We're like, we have to, we have to figure this out. And what is this thing? Right. Um, so we go in there, drink the spirits that they have there, all sorts of, they do a lot of like blended, um, blended with juices or they've got cactus and tiramisu and all these different flavors pine and and all these interesting things to try so after you try you know a few half dozen of those um we stumble out the door and we get back to america um you know a couple weeks later and we're like what was that we have no it wasn't gin what was that and we kind of looked it up and did some research and found it's this thing called geneva um and and since then it's been kind of our passion product that would you know what's it made from so the history of it um is before they were, you know, so gin is made usually by making like a neutral grain spirit like vodka yeah. and soaking it in botanicals, herbs, mm-hmm. spices, all sorts of things. 
Um, before distilling technology had kind of advanced to the point where we were able to make something as pure as vodka, mm -hmm. everything was kind of whiskey based, right? Everything was very flavor forward. We weren't able to pull all of those flavors out from the fermentation. Um, everything was what it tasted like going into the still. So at the time, medicine and alcohol were also very closely tied, you know, what a time to be alive. Mm -hmm. um, still are. Still yeah. are. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, so, it was basically a whiskey that had botanicals soaked into it. So we kind of describe it as a, a malt whiskey gin hybrid. Um, okay. It doesn't have to have the juniper content of gin, just have to, has to have juniper involved. But it's usually a lot of like, you know, root herbs and, and baking or not baking spices, but um, some of the coriander and caraway and some of those kinds of flavors yeah. in it. Have so have you already chosen the botanicals that you're going to use? Oh, what an interesting segue. That is an interesting segue. <laughs> Derek, do you want to uh, describe sure. that process? I mean, yeah, it's their idea and it's a great idea, but I'm very happy to, to be helping facilitate it. We uh, kind of started looking at it and I guess kind of along the lines of we were always hoping to be a very collaborative place. I think I would. I think we would agree with that as mm -hmm. far as our community goes, and the in the bartending community especially goes. And using that as both a business principle as well as just you know something from the heart, something we want to do and be a part of, and not be on an island. Uh, and like with the uh, the online the stay home cocktail club, and then leading into this, we thought we would involve the community in it. So what we're doing is a contest, but it's more of a collaboration with a, a large handful of a lot of the other uh, best bartenders as far as we're concerned in Columbus to pick the botanical mix that goes into it. So we've gotten Fun. a huge collection mm -hmm. recently and they're allowed to pick whatever else they Sweet. want. We've got a, a whole group of them. We've got Tommy Householder and Christina Basham and Jesse Hubbard and Sean, of course, Sean Taylor. Uh, who else? Am I like? PJ, PJ Ford, Nate Howe. Nate Howe from Rye River Social. Mm -hmm. nice. And a couple others that I think are still going to do it as well. And mm -hmm. they're going to pick it and then when that's all said and done, the way the bottle is now, if you look at the back of your rum bottle, mm -hmm. well, we're not sure exactly where, right? Be there's a, I think there's an be image of like an old storefront uh, as Echo uh, distilling on it, and everyone who's involved is going to have their name on it. So every bottle that'll be out on the market will have all the bartenders right on it. Well, if you need a taster, <laughs> oh, we will. Let, let me know. Absolutely. You could try, you could make a botanical mix. You could try it. You I could go put for your it. name. I could. I could. Now I have a terrible palate, but I would be happy to taste the final product. And let you know my thoughts. There, are, that's going on right now. Actually, the, uh, we're in the, the midst of that. Are, we should be starting to get back some of our. They're working on it, so yeah, it should won't be, be long. Getting some of those entries back. Sweet. In the next week or two, I bet. I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. And so you you're um, you involve the community in another way. I read. Um, you people can come in i don't know if this is still true but i read that people can come into your distillery on monday evenings and help you bottle and label is that still a thing that is something we haven't actually done it yet okay. um, but yes you can sign up if you go on our website um, there's a link to bottling and you can sign up and um, at some point in the future probably once we're past the pandemic just for kind of safety reasons we'll start pulling people in to help us bottle batches on you know probably monday evenings that's a great um, idea. It's just a way to get people in there and, and see what we're doing and talk. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's that community engagement. You know, mm -hmm. at least one of us will be there coordinating it, doing it with you. You know, it's a, it's a way to, you know, talk directly with, you know, four or five, six people who are enthused about us. So, so fun. Yeah. You guys are really smart. This is all good ideas. Oh, shucks. <laughs> um, so your, your newest product... 
or your most recent product, I guess I could sh- should say. By the time this podcast airs, mm-hmm. you will be one week into your um, okay. release of your rye whiskey. Right along. So yes. tell me about your rye whiskey. So our rye whiskey. Um, so if you know anything about whiskey, um, a lot of brands start out with a whiskey or a barrel aged something. And you wonder what happened to the time there, right? How, how does such a young company, you know, we turned our stills on, I think, October 2nd of last year. How do we have a two-year aged rye whiskey? That was that's my first very, question. That's a very mm-hmm. valid question. So there's kind of two methods that distilleries usually go about. Both have their own merits. And I think the key is transparency in what you're doing. Um, some distilleries go source it. You know, they go to MGP or another local distillery or someone who's got a, a warehouse of aged stock product and they go taste it, pick what they like, take that and bottle it as their own, right? And the trap people get into there is when they're not being clear that that's how it um, came about because people get upset if they think they're buying one thing or supporting one local company and or one process, and that's not what the case is. Can I just say, I don't give a shit where it comes from. <laughs> if it's good. As long as it's good. I, I do not care. I think that's, I don't and know I think a lot of people get, are coming around to that. Yeah. yeah. Who gives I a agree. shit? <laughs> I mean, you're going to the trouble of mm-hmm. tasting and bottling and labeling and it's your and selecting it and you're blending it and absolutely yep. there's there's More power to there's you. still a craft side on that absolutely yeah. yeah so in our case what we wanted to do was um we decided this this was a little over two years ago i guess it's probably february of 2018 um we decided we we'd been looking for a location for the distillery for over a year at that point we said well this this has no end in sight there's the real estate boom going on we can't find a spot let's get something into barrels while we're waiting so that it can age while we're figuring this out and maybe it'll be ready much quicker after we're open than it otherwise would be um so we went to ryan lang at middle west spirits and we just said hey we you know we need to put something aside and he said you know go pick out the things that you like um you know kind of rate them figure it out figure out what you want bring it back to me we'll reverse engineer it and figure out what's in it and and go from there he's so brilliant he's, he is yeah. Oh, yeah. incredible right. his his ability to recall mash bills and <laughs> things just by hearing the name of the spirit kind of blew us away we thought we we're gonna to tell him oh it's it's this and this and he just knew what it was yeah so we, we kind of did that we invited a bunch of friends over had a rye whiskey tasting party you know brought, bought i think everything that you can buy in ohio um, oh, set it out i don't know we weren't invited know, that either. <laughs> right? next time you will be <laughs> we know you now um and we just kind of rated everything picked what we liked took him took him the name um so it's a 95 percent rye five percent corn um pretty traditional rye whiskey um nothing too crazy there so corn not barley corn not barley right? okay yes um corn kind of gives it a little bit of that roundness mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. compared to where barley might um, although obviously five percent that's not the main component or main right, flavor right. profile um so yeah pretty traditional rye whiskey sat aging in their warehouses over at middle west for for a little over two years and brought the bought the brought the barrels over into our warehouse and on uh july i think 13th 14th uh we were able to they it was two years old and we were able to dump the barrels and get it going wow that's so cool awesome. yeah it is it's good too can't so, wait to try <laughs> I that I out i can brag on it 
Um, so our podcast obviously is called If This Bar Could Talk. Your bar, sadly, has not been able to open. I feel like... It's been murmuring. It's just not talking yet. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like everybody knows where they were at 9-11. Mm-hmm. You guys are too young, but, you know, like... You, you remember where you were when Mount mm-hmm. St. Helens are up. It's th- things like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to be one of those things. I remember where I was when COVID. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Nikhil, what what do you remember about the day when you learned that? Well, I mean, I wasn't I with Derek. I don't know the story. I mean, I would say I wasn't with Derek, right. but, like, it was that same evening. I knew Derek was doing something down there. So, we were, you know, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, wait, this is all going to happen. We're going to close all this down and just... I mean, I think uh, I think Derek might have texted us like that, like right away that night or something. I no, I I hadn't because I won't lie, it's impactful and retro. What he's referencing is we were doing a final cocktail rollout that we were talking about earlier uh, when we thought we were about three weeks from from opening. This was on March fifteenth. It just happened to be, Uh, and I had two cocktails of our twelve or so uh, planned cocktails for the opening menu that were just. A little more challenging and involved and i just i hadn't been collaborating with anyone i'd just been in there working on my own and i thought it'd be fun to have five or six of my my bartender friends come in and kind of help me work through them and also just have a cool night and fine-tune everything and get it ready and our friend james de france was one of those bartenders there that night from the refectory and he looked up from his phone just about an hour into it and said they just announced that everything has to be closed at nine o'clock tonight and a lot of people there seemed to have known that was maybe coming, and mm-hmm. I just didn't. I honestly, I was completely on, with blinders for everything we were doing for, for Echo and for the bar. That it was all I was thinking of. And honestly, when he told it to me, it, it still didn't, I still didn't absorb it. it for like five minutes, me just kind of seeing the looks on their face and realizing it was something. And then I was like, well, anyway, back to these cocktails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to work on that and have that kind of moment. And it took me a full week to realize that this was something more substantial and it was going to stick. And I know I hadn't texted because you guys texted me and I didn't see it until we got done and just said, Hey, one to let you know that, you know, we will keep this in order and you're good and you're protected. And that was first extremely touching. And one of the many, many, many lucky things that have, uh, that have encountered me with pandemic and, and this job and what we're doing there. Uh, and we've been, We've been figuring it out since then. I so think. when was the bar supposed to open? When was your facility supposed to open? At that point, we were kind of shooting for late March. So late, late March. Late March, early April. So yeah. you have this shiny new distillery mm-hmm. bar. You're ready to open. What, All what the were you thinking? very expensive equipment was in there. <laughs> yeah, ready well, to go. Were you like, fuck. A little bit. There was definitely kind of a, a couple days of hangover there. Um, you know, even... Even before it shut down, I, re- I remember on that Friday beforehand, uh, kind of sitting down and like, w- we heard murmurings, you know, kind of rumors or, or ideas starting to spread and kind of sat down and just kind of planned out the next few months. What do they look like? What if we can't open? What if, what if something happens? Not that we expected the shutdown that we did, right. but you know, what if they're not issuing new licenses or that kind of thing? What, what if there's a problem? And kind of started to figure that out. But that was still kind of a shock to the system, um, you know, to hear that official announcement on Sunday that that's what was going to happen. And then, yeah, there's a couple of days of of just system shock of like, yeah. what is I, going on here? I still spent the rest of that week thinking, okay, this we'll do this for this week. This will blow over. It'll be two weeks. I, just, I thought maybe I, that delay would happen. But I remember that Monday, um, I was all excited because Greg Lehman from Watershed was stopping by 
Um, he'd never been in the place. I hadn't gotten to show it off to him yet. And we were just talking about a potential project we were going to work on. And I've never seen him, you know, it was that Monday morning. I've never seen him look like that. He's always pretty upbeat, pretty happy, pretty Greg. He looked beaten. Mm. You know, he looked, and you could tell it was because they had to lay off their whole bar and kitchen staff, you know. And so that was kind of a, a, a little bit of a silver lining is we weren't open we didn't have to lay people off so that I, we didn't have to make those hard decisions mm-hmm. and i'm really happy we didn't wow mm. yeah we had we had most of the staff i had 75 percent of it picked and done and we they were we all knew it was going to go that way but we we hadn't done paperwork yet so luckily n- and none of them had paper, left yeah. prior jobs or put in notice that they had to then deal with very 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 wow. fortunately That's well, shit. i think we need a drink now yeah <laughs> so derek yeah. you're gonna make us a cocktail right yeah absolutely. what are you gonna make us uh, we're going to make a, a classic just because uh, the rye comes out tomorrow and we couldn't be more last excited. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the cocktail com- the, the, <laughs> the rye, rye came comes out, out last week. The rye comes out on Well, <laughs> we are celebrating that release now. Yeah. That's right. So we're going to do a Vukare, which is Joe's Vukare. favorite cocktail. And I think it's a, a nice too. highlight for, uh, for our rye. Awesome. So we're going to take a break and you're going to mix this up a Vukare with a delicious Echo rye whiskey. That's correct. Awesome. And we are back with a Vucare from Derek. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. 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 Thanks for having us. Was, there we go. Oh, it's delicious. Thank you. So good. All right. So mm. you made this with the delicious rye. Correct. Um, so why did you choose to do a Vucare again? Uh, I, I just wanted to do something that wouldn't hide the rye with it being released tomorrow and make it about that and not about some crazy creation. And it's always an easy one to pick with these guys because they have a couple cocktail standards and styles that they prefer the most. And this is Joe's favorite, so it seemed a fitting fitting aspect of it to it. How did he do, bosses? It's delicious. <laughs> Tell me about the garnish. So, um, listeners, there is a tiny little cute paper clip. Or no, a, a clothespin. What do you say? What the fuck is that? Both work. Clothespin. And it's holding a teardrop. The extra cocktail bartender tool that we use. Lemon? Yeah, the express lemon, uh, which I did separately. But that is the one of the extruded images from, from Echo is our, I don't think we've officially named it, but I always call it the drip drop. Just because it seems more fun. How that did way. you? So it's cut into that shape. So is that a, a punch out? Like, how did yeah, you get that? Yeah. So the, Joe and Nikhil had a, the Marty made in a bunch of sizes, basically oh, like a little a cookie, cookie cutter. cutter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Nice. Just trim it up. Awesome. That's a good idea. Yeah. Nice way to do good uniform garnishes. Right. Um, all right. So, so Derek, what is your vision for your bar? What kind of cocktails are you going to have? Mm. Uh, they're, they're, Deeply fussed with and fussy and thought out and involved prior to anything that the uh, the guests and uh, the people coming to visit us will encounter because once that's, I just kind of believe in that in general. I like exploring the cocktails as far as flavors and techniques and uh, ingredients as far as I can possibly push it to, to be. I always, I'm not interested in making another of the same thing. So I'm always trying to find, uh, you know, an original voice 
to for better or worse, best I can. Uh, but I, once that's done, I want that to be fully trained. I have a staff that's very aware of, of what we're doing and what we have and knows the flavors and the techniques. And it's not pretentious then after that. We're going to have fun. It'll be a pre-fussed, fun, very communal. I think it'll probably be the most community-driven bar that I've ever worked at as far as being very very much part of its exact geography. We've got some uh, some fun out there stuff. We have a shareable cocktail called Tin Can Telephones that uses actual old recycled and sanitized tin cans like you would uh, if you were a kid and as old as me to remember between two strings and it's going to be a cocktail for for two to share so you'll get that with the actual string connected to it which is probably <laughs> odd to describe Six foot but it's pretty fun to enjoy once you have it and i've accidentally been reminded that it will probably be a pretty good flirting cocktail if you want to come to our, oh, yeah. our club of a bar that we're going to have where everyone's going to be flirting with each other a little, <laughs> we won't uh... do that, but we're going to have a uh, food truck <laughs> collaborations, much like uh, Four String Brewing, which is, which is in the which is in the prior uh, tenant of the building that we're in, had. Uh, so we'll be able to have a rotating selection of those kind of things and, and not stress mm-hmm. ourselves with the day-to-days of the kitchen and let that be that own, that, that's aspect and then doing our sort of thing. I was going to ask you about food. So you're doing food trucks. We, yeah, love, yeah. we love food trucks. Regular rotation of food trucks just to save on. We don't have space for a kitchen. Makes mm-hmm. sense. So let's let the, the people who do that. I mean, that's kind of our whole philosophy on between the Geneva collaboration and, you know, everything is, is let the people who know what they're doing for a specific thing do that thing. Yeah, support the community. I mm-hmm. love that about you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with it. Besides besides increased check averages, as far as being the kind of cocktail bartender I am, I like not having that distraction for once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cocktails. So Blair, mm-hmm. the Vucare is one of your favorites. It is. How did you do? Did great. Pressure. Very, very. No, it, <laughs> It truly is one of my top 10. I I hate to put like a top five or a very favorite because it kind of depends on my mood. That's right. Mm -hmm. right. But uh, Vucare is always in my top 10 list. It's such a great, great cocktail. Have you tried the rum Vucare? I don't. Rum Vucare. I have not tried a rum Vucare. So so (laughs) it actually is really good. It turned out it's really good. Joe's got me turned on to it. I don't know how we stumbled on it, but then it kind of made sense when we're making both a rye and a rum, but you just replace the cognac um, with rum. Okay. Instead. So you've you kind of, I guess it probably stumbled on vermouth, rye. Aged rum, preferably, or does preferably, it matter? Yeah. But we've made it plenty of times with our okay. rum. And- Ours has enough backbone, and that's probably mm-hmm. how it was because the last part about the, the way the bar is going to be set up, most of what has been planned was with the assumption that we only would have our rye, or I mean our rum mm-hmm. available. So there was a, a higher propensity of that on mm-hmm. the menu, probably four, I believe, four, maybe five of the cocktails, which mm-hmm. almost was kind of a lot for that. So it's an advantage now that we're going to have the rye uh, available as the well. The rye and two spirits and potentially the Geneva. Yeah, and potentially the third one. So that will that will alter. So it Derek was so talking about pre-fussing over us, the menu. He's going to re- have to re-fuss over the menu. I so think it's good to, to, to it won't be it a, a bit. only like you can only get are kind of things like it's just a glorified tasting room but we'll mm-hmm. we'll focus on that we'll hire trying to of use course, as many more, local but... products as possible yeah, yeah but it's definitely not one of those tasting rooms where you can only go in and get echo spirits cocktails mm-hmm. it's meant to yeah, be about be... showing the whole community off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but people are gonna want your yeah I, I so i love your sense of community and i love that you're doing something so unique that just so good mm-hmm. i this is what i love about columbus you know, we're just innovative, like you said, like you say on your website. We're creative and innovative, and community mm-hmm. focus is just a really, 
really good thing and a good business model, by the way. Yeah, I think Grandview will like it. I think we'll we'll, we'll have something that Grandview hasn't hasn't had any time that I can think of really. So during the pandemic, you pivoted to making sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you do that, and how has that worked out for you? I would say so. We were we were kind of just talking about that. Um, you know, when you were saying where we were when we started hearing about the COVID stuff, it was maybe a week after that is when we uh, full pivoted into the sanitizer because, you know, we're not going to be able to open up the bar. Um, you know, people might come in for for rum but it's not going to be as as good as it would have been if there wasn't everything closed down so we're like what else can we do and we looked around other distilleries out like in oregon at that point was the only one i think at that point Mm -hmm. that was doing hand sanitizer because it's basically the same base you Mm -hmm. make a high proof high proof alcohol and you add some chemicals to it to make it better for your skin and stuff and it's like Mm -hmm. we can pivot into this we can turn all products that we have we can work with uh, other local, you know, breweries and other stuff that have products that they're gonna, that's going to go bad. We can turn in stuff into hand sanitizer that would be mm-hmm. relatively easy to do and already had on hand, basically. It's also kind of a scary side, yeah, or, or scary time on mm-hmm. our side rather. Um, Nikhil mentioned the you know the distillery out in Oregon that was making it, but at the time the rules on it were kind of unclear. Technically, um, you're supposed to be an FDA regulated facility to make hand sanitizer. And at the time, those distilleries who were doing that were, you know, more or less breaking the law on turning it into sanitizer. Um, So it was kind of a weird, unclear regulatory environment. And eventually the TTB and the FDA did come out with guidance on what we are and are not allowed to do. But we were doing it before that. Um, You know, we kind of looked around and we said, we have to, you know, both from both from a sure, a, a pure business financial kind of standpoint is here's here's a way to get some money coming in right now that we know that our bar's not opening anytime soon mm-hmm. um but also just to get you know do something for the community everybody's looking for this stuff let's mm-hmm. let, let's make something here mm-hmm. wow and i i really enjoyed your choice of packaging as well <laughs> the honey bears honey bears it yeah so cute <laughs> and and a lot i mean we love it and i'd love to take creative um you know, uh, credit for it, but it's also one of those things. That's all that was available. You know, you called up any of the packaging companies mm, and mm. you said, Hey, I need, you know, X size and I need however many cases of it. And they said, okay, well we can get you some in August. Oh, wow. I said, well, all right. What, what <laughs> start can I get browsing now? their website? <laughs> what do you have now? And started thinking, started trying to get creative about, you know, what are things nobody's looking for? Everybody's looking for pump bottles and standard cylinders and that kind of, what are, let's go, let's go find a ketchup bottle or let's go find right. it. And we stumbled mm-hmm. on the honey bears and we said, sure, we have to. That's <laughs> so funny. That's oh, a I great story. Right. Yeah. All right. So um, you have three restaurants that are featuring your cocktail, are the cocktails your creation, Derek? Uh, no, they're uh, the bartenders at those places. Okay, so they yeah. they're just usually they, li- utilizing Echo. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Yep. what are the three? So it's Sidebar. Uh, yeah, Sidebar, uh, which was really nice of Alex to step in for us. We <clears throat> were trying to find a third one, and it's it's e- not as easy as it sounds right now at not all. Bad. Yeah, it's the extra work, even if your place is open, to be willing to do that. Nobody's sure whether they can commit to it and whether they're going to be open yeah. the next week. Yeah. You know, we're we, trying to arrange this several weeks ago and gamble that those places are going to be open and they're gambling on it too you know right. to, to put yeah. forth the effort on it for us 
yeah, we got on Joe and Nikhil put, you know, design into it and printed menus and it's not, so it's not just a cast off kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sidebar. Uh, and then PJ, PJ Ford, who has been great to us all along throughout all of this from Matchsticks and both Natalie's is going to feature three of their cocktails at Natalie's Music Hall uh, in Grandview, where, where King Avenue 5 used to be. And uh, Rye River Social uh, that Nate is heading up, uh, Nate Howe, down the street from us, almost parallel crossed, where it's kind of a little strip mall, Romeo's Pizza and a title mm-hmm. boxing. It's and bar 145. Bar 145 yeah, the used to be there. Yep. Yeah. Also a Definitely new, brand new place also that opened. It's beautiful. Didn't they yeah. open during the virus? They were doing their, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they um, have the most dramatic closing story. Of they probably, yeah, we, we like to say our, yeah. you know, we story of being a few weeks away from opening was kind of dramatic, they but they were doing their final soft opening um, that Sunday night where everything mm. got announced to be shutting down. So they're in the middle of service on, their, on their soft opening and realized what was going to happen. Yeah. That is just yeah, so the, the crazy. The owners and managers were up in the office, like seeing it on TV as they're about to figure out just closing up the checks and finishing up the night and opening up the next day. I <laughs> cannot imagine what you guys felt. I know, you know, we, we do the Columbus Craft cocktail tour. We do the women in whiskey and, you know, we had to cancel all that, but, and, but we have day jobs, so we're fine. I could not sleep. That was the night, the only <laughs> night in my life, I think, that I could not, I didn't sleep. I literally mm. was up all night long worrying about what was going to happen to the bartenders in town. Like, and I'm a professional sleeper. <laughs> and, like, I'm really good at it. I prevent I was so scared mm-hmm. for I everyone. Del- I felt very, very, very guilty the first couple months of it and still do sometimes. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't. Trying not to. Yeah. I'm just feeling fortunate. Yeah. yeah you're, a lot yeah, of, yeah you have a lot of stuff. You guys are great. You're you're wonderful. It's it's just okay. a wonderful thing that you're doing. So, are you open for tours now? Like, what's? Yes, that was one thing we did um, decide to do yes. during the pandemic. Um, not not right at the beginning, just in the last I think month, um, beginning of July, was we saw some of the other uh, distilleries start to open up for kind of uh, you know small guest count tours. Um, distancing and and doing everything where they could. So we kind of took advantage of that and decided let's do the same thing. We did a Kickstarter last summer. We had a lot of people out there with free tour passes that they've been sitting on for almost a year. And we said, we need, you know, let's start to get these people in the door and, you know, for better or worse, practice our, practice our tour a little bit so that when we get back to the point where we can have 10 or 12 or 15 or however many people on, you know, it's a little more polished, better product for people. Mm-hmm. All right. Wonderful. So how much are tours? How much do they cost? I think they're 10. Is that right? 10 to Boy, $20. Ten, right? <laughs> they are 10. <laughs> I believe they're $10. And sometimes free. Okay. Yeah. That's what. $10 Wednesday yeah. nights, 6 p.m. Yeah. You can sign up on our website. Awesome. And so do you have a projected opening or how? We're shooting for this fall. Um, so... In the midst of all this, we discovered um, some kind of zoning and building related issues that we're in the process of working through. Um, Everything's on track and we're kind of shooting for this fall. Don't quote me on it, but maybe October is kind of our, is our goal. We'll see if we, right now everything's on track for that, but we've said that about four times now. So it's hard. An abundance of caution. Yes. Well, we wish you guys the best of luck we can't wait to come to your facility. We cannot wait to bring our cocktail tour to you. Absolutely. Hopefully you'll 
agree to be of course. You get ever you're ever around participating in, area, in that and the lights are on in the evening or if it's 12 to 6 most every day stop and see is we're, we're still there doing something all the time Blair do you have any other questions I do have one <laughs> can we try the ride together absolutely 100 percent. all Yay. right so let's pause for one minute while I pour some rye all right, so your rye whiskey, two years old. And 95 rye and five, and five corn. corn. Mm-hmm. It's 93 Three proof. 93 proof. 93 proof. Okay. Huh. It doesn't. Cheers. No. Cheers. Cheers. We get the, the sneak preview. Woohoo! <laughs> well, not really, because when this airs, it, would all, it will already be out for one Yeah, week. but we're drinking it first. It's pretty dirty. <laughs> yeah, this, this is exclusive. So again, yeah, pretty traditional ride. Yes. Nothing mm. crazy going on. We just hope to make a really good example of that. And yeah, specifically designed a lot for, you know, for making cocktails out of it. Yeah. So my initial thoughts are way better than I expected for a two-year-old. Okay. Okay. What else? Good. Detail. Um, smoother than I expected for 93. That's been across the board, mm-hmm. which is true. Great woodiness, like in a in a good toasty wood way. Mm-hmm. I like and the rye is the words. rye is so prominent; it's, it's wonderful. There, yeah. So for me, it's a typical rye, and mm-hmm. I love it in a cocktail. Like mm-hmm. the Zucchini mm-hmm. is wonderful, but mm-hmm. it's just not something I want to sip right. on its own. Absolutely. But it so. But having had the Vucare, now you yeah. get where that's coming from. Yeah, yeah. and it yeah. it really lends itself like a Boulevardier, like. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I just oh, I have mm. never had a Boulevardier with our rye yet. I have not either. That would be delicious. Yeah, that would work well. We've got a whole catalog to explore. <laughs> it's got very yeah. excited for that. <laughs> you're Even welcome. like a Manhattan would be amazing. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the thing yeah. is, when you're using sweet vermouth, I don't like a overly sweet cocktail. Mm-hmm. So a rye is so perfect in a in mm-hmm. a cocktail. It mm-hmm. would be a great Manhattan. What are some what other ryes would you have said would be ones that you like a lot? Um, so to sip alone, the only one I really like for that is Middle West Spirits. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Um, but that, like, right? I like well, Sazerac. And, and Angel's Envy, but does that really count uh, as rye? That's different. Yeah. To me, that, <laughs> no. that's I mean, like a whole <laughs> different category. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a different category. Yeah. That's not, well, I don't know. But, uh, I love Sazerac. And the Angel's Envy is in, is in rum casks, right? Yeah. Just envy, yeah, yeah, and it's mm-hmm. wonderful. It's delicious, it, but to me, it's, like it's not really thing. rum. It's, like it's not. It a, is a traditional it, rye. It is not a traditional right. rye. Right. Right. Sorry, I said. I had a guest order a, yes. uh, a I, Sazerac with it one time. You know, it was like a twenty-six dollars Sazerac, weird. and I the, it was you know from the floor, and I the serve the ticket came in, and I was like, "Are you sure that person? I don't. That's not really going to lend itself to that cocktail at all." And she's like, "No, that's definitely what he wanted." And I was like, "Well, that's." often the case with angels envy mm-hmm. <laughs> the orders we get mm-hmm. but sure enough like three or four minutes later she came back and she goes this guy said this is wrong it has two, he has vanilla or like yeah. honey syrup or something and right. I was like, no right. no that's just that's what's in that <laughs> yeah you love it it's delicious it is magical but then when you put it in mm-hmm. a, a cocktail like that it just right. doesn't yeah, yeah. When you treat it as much. an ingredient and pair it in in certain cocktails yeah it works or doesn't right yeah agreed I think well, the other one that for me is is way up there is the Old Forester 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of my Intrig- favorite. We've rides. had we've had that as yep. one in house as a uh, 
stand-in prior mm-hmm. to ours getting in just as for, for experimenting and such and I haven't went back to it for a while. I see, yeah. you have the Mictors over there, which that that is one that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I like that one too. Right. So where can people get the rye? Where can they purchase it? So right now the rye whiskey is only going to be in our distillery. Um, before we kind of commit to getting it out into the stores, just because we've got a little lower volume of it, we want to make sure we had enough for all the people who um, did the reservations online and, and who want to come into the shop. Um, I think we are going to have enough and we'll get out into some of the liquor stores, but for right now, it'll be distillery only as well as at the uh, three restaurants. We've got the cocktails this week. Well, I would say it's worth it to just go to this, the distillery and mm-hmm. buy it. Cause then you can yeah, get a gander fun. of what's to come and meet you guys, right. do, a, do a tour, meet us, get to know your distiller, we'll yeah, sure. get yeah. out there and we'll show Be you, yeah, give you a tour. Awesome. Nikhil did impromptu tours last weekend. He just it's did. What happens? And if you were we'll show you around four people that we're, we're on that there. tour, you know, come back and see us again soon. Awesome. So Joe, Nikhil, Derek, thank, <laughs> thank you so you. much for doing our podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you. All the best. Cheers. 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 Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates women and whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to our producer, Greg Hansberry, and to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers. Cheers.